Thank you for joining us on the new Milford Youth Agency podcast from Wyatt Media. We are your hosts, Bazman, Sierra Lynn, and Annabelle Colonna. Our guest today is Matt Austin from the Women's Center of Greater Denver. Hi, well, thank you for having me. Today. Thank you for being here. Yeah, of course. Oh, jinx. Blow <laughs> each other a coat. Um, we're, we're connected. Yeah, so we uh, there's a lot. Uh, well, we can start with the name first, uh, as we were talking off air about the Women's Center. Uh, so we are called the Women's Center of Greater Danbury. We work with everyone, regardless of gender, no matter who that person is. If they walk through our doors, we can help them. Um, so then I always, it's always followed up with, well, why are you called the Women's Center then? Uh, we are called the Women's Center because of uh, back in 1975 when we started, we only helped women. It started as sort of a women's support group, um, not necessarily for victims of uh, domestic violence or assault like uh, we work with now, just sort of a support group. And then we found that the need in this area, there were a lot of women joining the support group that needed the services that we now provide specifically. Um, so then it just kind of rolled into uh, crisis services and we kept the name to kind of reflect who um, reflect our history. Um, but now we work with anyone of any gender. And as I was saying to you beforehand, uh, we're in the process of changing our name to be more reflective of who we serve because there is a lot of stigma sometimes, especially men not coming to us for help because they think, well, it's the Women's Center. They can't help us. They can't help me. That sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, we're in the process of changing that. I'm sorry I just took over your whole podcast. <laughs> no, that's, that's interesting. That's really yeah. cool that you guys yeah. are doing that, actually. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I didn't know that you guys also, like, like men could go there, too. I guess I just kind of I assume, like, Women's Center, like, well, is specifically yeah. for women. Yeah, and I haven't heard of a men's center anywhere, but I'm like, maybe there's another place. So, like, mm -hmm. I didn't know. Yeah, so we, there's um, about 13 agencies across, the, uh, across Connecticut that do similar work to what we do. Um, a lot of them have very general, general, no, that's happening, words, <laughs> uh, gender neutral names. Um, there are still some that are called women's support services or things like that. Um, but it, it, the tide is turning to let folks know that all of these agencies work with anyone who would uh, need their services or comes to them for services. Yeah. So. Is it all ages as well? Like, is there yeah. like, you know, too young, too old? Nope. Uh, we work with preschool children all the way up through uh, senior citizens. Uh, there is no specific age. We have, um, well, <laughs> there's a lot of, to get into of our services, but we have uh, specific counselors for children. We have uh, counselors that specialize in, in older people. Um, so we kind of cover the, the spectrum there as far as age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what kind of services do you offer um, for each age group? Nice segue. Um, so with that, yeah, so with that, we our overall services. There's so much to talk about and we only have an hour of the podcast. So uh, our main services are counseling. We provide um, individual counseling. Um, we provide group counseling, though. That's our major. Um, that's the major work that we do. But we have all kinds of different things. We have a residential facility where if someone is in a violent living situation, they can come and stay. We have um, we have a satellite office at the Danbury Superior Court to help with um, anyone who needs help with court related things. Uh, we have an office on the Westcon campus to work specifically with Westcon students. Uh, so you you name it, we probably can help you um, if 
we can't help you. We all we can connect you up to the services that uh, you need. And it's important to also mention all of our services are free. Um, anybody can come to us and there is no cost to uh, anyone who comes to us. So yeah, let's see, did I cover all this? Oh, education programs. The, the reason I have a job. Um, so we we also provide education programs. Um, I am the director of education, training, and outreach, which is too long of a title. Um, for uh, what we do, we do education programs, preschool through really adult, but we focus on preschool through college. All um, We work with 13 towns, uh, Richfield and Reading, all the way up to Sherman, Washington, New Milford, where we are now, this area, and 13 towns in between. And we are in about 85% of the schools um, across those 13 towns. And we do uh, age-appropriate education programs. Obviously, we're not going in to talk to first graders about assault and things like that. We're talking about care and kindness. We're talking about safe touch, unsafe touch, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And then when we get up to high school, college, um, we, we really talk about dating violence and abuse and all that stuff. Um, yeah. I talked way too much. No, those are also You you come to the high school and you had a great program when I did health freshman year and it was about healthy relationships, yeah. knowing the red flags, which I feel like is very important to learn. It's something mm -hmm. that, you know, despite being taught at a lot of high schoolers still don't know what those, because I think yeah. people expect it to be an obvious, like they see in movies, like, you, you know, they're hitting you, they're constantly being like, they're constantly mad at you all the time, like all these obvious signs, but it's not always those no. obvious things and it doesn't have to be you know a 24 7 like bad relationship it can be good sometimes but then you know things go downhill so it's something that uh, i just feel like a lot of people aren't super aware of yeah i i think there are there is that stereotype that especially with uh, abuse is well that person didn't hit me so it's not abuse Mm -hmm. um, but there is, so, there are so many other types, um, of abuse. There's emotional abuse, there's verbal abuse. We can get into talking about that. Um, th there's all different types. And like you said, it, it, you see a movie or a TV show or, and you think, well, that's what it looks like. Um, the other, the other thing, the red flags you were talking about, um, the big reason we really go into high schools and, and middle schools and colleges and really focus on the, the red flags and green flags, as we like to call them, the good things, mm -hmm. um, is because sometimes unhealthy behaviors in relationships become normalized, um, especially for students, high school age, uh, middle school, that are just starting to get into relationships. Mm -hmm. And what tends to happen is there may be unhealthy behaviors in that relationship, but since it's the first, maybe the first relationship or one of the first relationships this person is in, they just think that's how relationships are. Um, and it's, it's so important to realize that they're, um, that there are a lot of uh, the, the healthy versus the unhealthy and really taking a look at what that is and what that, um, what you shouldn't be. You should feel safe and good in your relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. Could you like give some just examples of sure. what some of those like red flags might be that people overlook or that become normalized that you see a lot? Yeah, you know, I this uh, I'll talk about some green flags and then the red flags that kind of um, the things that we see a lot. So when we talk about green flags, we talk about the the things we should be looking for in a relationship. Um, there should be communication. Um, so there should be healthy communication. Um, there should be 
constantly, not constantly, that's where we'll talk about that, but checking in and talking about how you're feeling, how the relationship, there is communication with that other person in that relationship. The red flag to that is when that communication doesn't happen, when that person ghosts you or doesn't text you back constantly. Now, like you said, it, it happens, it may happen here and there, not necessarily abuse or unhealthy, um, but it's when you see the pattern, when you see it on a regular basis. This person uh, doesn't, I'll give you an example that I give in classes um, that have to do with communication. I had a, a student one time that came up to me after a class and said, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm dating this person. And I said, okay, well, what's going on? And they said, well, Monday through Friday at school, everything's great. We're, we're boyfriend, girlfriend, everything's great. But then on the weekend, the person doesn't text me back. I call them. They don't answer. I leave a message. And then on Monday, I say to them, hey, did you get my text, my messages? And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, they sort of gaslight, which is another red, sort of gaslight them and saying, I didn't get those. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, gaslighting is uh, trying to make someone believe something that is false or that they're wrong um, when they know, in fact, they are uh, right about the situation. And that person who came to me said, I, I texted them. I know I texted them. I know I called them. And they're trying to make me think I'm crazy. Again, no one should ever make you feel bad about your choices or crazy, that sort of thing. Um, was that an answer? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, communication. Yeah. Oh, we're talking about green flags and red flags. Okay. Um, communication's a key one that we talk about. Boundaries is a big one. Um, in any sort of relationship, I think this is also where we get into um, the murky part of unhealthy relationships of not knowing what we want in a relationship or not really thinking about what we want out of that relationship before we get into it. It's really important to, to know yourself, know what your boundaries are. And boundaries can be physical boundaries. They can be emotional boundaries. They can be time boundaries. Uh, uh, just know what you're okay with and communicate that and make sure um, that there is that communication of your boundaries on both, both sides of it. Um, with the, the, Red flags is when someone is stepping over those boundaries and not respecting. So respect is another big piece of that too. Not respecting those boundaries of like, hey, uh, let's hang out all this weekend. Oh, I can't. Um, well, no, we're going to hang out because you're my boyfriend or you're my girlfriend or whatever. We're hanging out. Whatever I say, that goes, that sort of thing. The control. The other piece of that is equality in, in healthy relationships and making sure no one person has more power, more control. Um, that's really where abusive situations um, happen is when one person is trying to gain power over the other person, whatever that power may look like. Um, emotional power, verbal power, yelling at the person, physical power. So yeah, when it comes to the power and control, no one person in that relationship should have more power. There's, both people should be making decisions. Now, sometimes when you're in a relationship, you don't want to make all the decisions. I get that. Uh, you're like, I don't know. You, you decide where we're going to eat or whatever. And that's okay. It's when one person takes away the other person's ability to make those choices, ability to um, no, you, you can't, uh, we're going here because I'm paying for dinner or we're doing this. That's when it becomes that unhealthy side. 
um, of things. And unhealthy doesn't necessarily always mean abusive. Um, like I said, it becomes abusive when it is that pattern. You see it on a regular basis with that person. Sometimes, like I said, that person doesn't even realize what they're doing is not okay. Um, they may have been raised that way or they may think that something is okay. No one's ever told them otherwise. So that's why compu uh, computers, communication, you communicate over computers, that's fine. Um, but communication is so important of saying, hey, you know what? That's not cool, don't do that. And a lot of times that person may be like, oh, okay. I, I didn't even realize that was hurting your feelings or whatever it may be. Um, but when I talk about uh, verbal and emotional abuse, Sometimes uh, we talk about making fun of the other person, mocking, uh, teasing. That's a normal thing that happens in a lot of relationships. People joke about each other. Um, I know when I get in relationships, I, I'm a very sarcastic person. I don't know if you've gotten that yet. Um, but that person I'm in a relationship with also needs to be equally as sarcastic. So we joke and we go back and forth. But there have been times where... I've said something or she said something that we're like, oh, you know what? Don't, don't do that. Uh, or please, please don't say that. And then we stop because we know we, we respect the boundaries. That's what it all comes back to that respect the boundaries, um, respect boundaries, communication, equality, trust, um, building that trust with the other person um, through honesty, trust and honesty, really being honest with that person uh, about, your wants, your needs, what's going on. Again, it all comes to that base level of communication is so, so important. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know if I answered your question, but. <laughs> yeah, you did, definitely. Um, yeah. I, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm taking over no, all the questions and stuff here. But um, so the way that you said how sometimes when you let that person know, like something that they're doing, like you're not okay with, and sometimes like they don't realize it. So they might be like, oh, okay. So. Would you say that sometimes like an unhealthy relationship can become a healthy one? Like it doesn't always hundred percent break up. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah, it de definitely. If those people are open and willing um, to really sit down and listen, another part of a healthy relationship is making sure that you're both getting out of that relationship what you want. It's going at the pace you want. So again, sitting down and really talking, and that sounds so bizarre. It sounds like, what, really? But it is really so important to be on the same page um, with your partner. I had two students come up to me um, at a school one time after a program, and they said, we realized through your class that we are abusing each other. So how can we fix this? And it just like blew my mind. I was like, all right, let's talk about it. Because they were realized they both had unhealthy behaviors uh, toward their partner. And uh, yeah, we sat down and I, I hope they're well and good. But I, I, I talked with them and um, yeah, I think they really, they were open to it. That's a lot of times where you run into issues because with these power and control situations, a lot of times there isn't someone that is, that person isn't willing um, to to change, um, isn't willing to to give up that power. Really, um, they they want that power. But if if there is, that's great. If there's somebody who's like, all right, let's figure this out. I'm so sorry. Um, so yeah, you don't always have to break up. You can can work through it. But on the flip side of that too, 
as you said, the, the it's sort of a roller coaster situation. A lot of times in these abusive situations, that person will say, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I ever everything's okay," and apologize, and then just go right back to that behavior. Um, so you really have to monitor that and be careful. But how do you know when it is time yeah. to break up? Like, because you also don't want to become like stuck in there, have the mentality like, oh, we can fix it, we can fix it, but it might it's not be. Not. Or like, I can change them. I can, yeah. Well, that happens a lot of yeah. like, I, I can fix this, that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, I, I what I like to say in response to that is um, we're all smart people uh, and trust your gut. If, if you are uncomfortable and you don't like something, um, it's really important to listen to that and not, um, and if you think something's not okay or the situation's not okay, um, we, well, I guess we can get into right now. <laughs> um, but yeah. there are a lot of reasons um, why we see people stay in relationships like this. Um, there, there's so many reasons, especially uh, younger folks. We see um, there's fear, fear that if they try to break up with that person, the abuse might get worse. Um, and it statistically it takes an average of seven attempts to get out of an abusive relationship before someone can do safely. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's yeah, a, that's a, yeah, it's, it is. Um, but there's that fear. There is, um, there is shame that maybe they did something. Um, there is that, that, that victim blaming side of that, of thinking, well, this must be my fault, especially if the person that is, uh, the abuser is telling them that, well, if you didn't act this way, I wouldn't yell at you. Or if you didn't dress this way, I wouldn't do the, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's important to know is never the victim's fault. No one chooses for this stuff to happen to them. Um, so yeah, there's the fear, there's the shame, there's pre such pressure, um, social pressure, especially too, of to stay in relationships, especially on the high school, college level of like, well, I don't want to make it weird with my friend group or my parents love this person or whatever it may be. Um, it's important to remember that your safety, your mental health, your overall health is most important um, and to take care of that and really trust your gut on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So speaking of like high school and college yeah. level, there's a lot of like what we mentioned before, like first relationships and we're uncertain of how relationships should mm. look. Um, what would you recommend when maybe you see your friend going through this abuse or yeah. you see one of your acquaintances, maybe most likely your friend, but, and you want to help and you want to make sure that they're okay, but they don't understand what's going on. That is such a hard situation. It's a fantastic question, <laughs> but it's a, it's, it's such a hard situation because we've all been there. We've all mm -hmm. seen a friend in a situation when we're like, they got to get out of there. They, what, why does it, the thing that always jumps to someone's brain is, well, they just, just break up with them. Why don't they break up with them? But like I was saying before is, is there is that there are so many reasons. It's so hard to leave a situation like that. But as a friend, it, it is again, so hard to watch that, but it's also important to know that we can't tell someone what to do. Um, we can only be there for support. And so that's the advice I, I give is just be there for that person. 
um, saying to that person, hey, you got to break up with them. That's not helpful. They're not going to want to hear that. No one wants to hear what they should do. Um, but to say, hey, you know what? I see things aren't great with you and so-and-so. Hey, if you want to talk, I'm here. Um, it, it, in abusive situations, it really is, um, that person will come to it in their own time. And that is so hard to watch if it is a friend. Um, but it is important to, to know, uh, that we, we just be there for support, anything that they need, um, letting them know that, letting them know that, Hey, you know what? We also, we see that things aren't great because a lot of times, um, if someone is in that situation, they may think, well, nobody sees this. Um, so I, I, this must be all in my head. Um, but even just saying, hey, you know what, like I said, things, I see things aren't great with you guys. Um, I'm here. Um, just even that acknowledgement of like, you seem to be going through a hard time. Um, that's a huge, huge piece of it. Um, you know, I just, <laughs> I just recorded a, um, a video about this because it's sexual assault awareness month. We can talk mm -hmm. about that in a little bit. Um, but another piece of it is believing the person. I think sometimes uh, friends may come to us and say, hey, you know what, this is this is happening. So-and-so is hurting me or so, th this is not a great relationship. And especially at a high school, college level of um, we don't want to believe we're probably friends with all of the people involved. And we don't want to believe that one friend is going to hurt another friend. Um, but it is so important if someone, uh, one of our friends comes to us and says, hey, you know what, I, this is happening. Um, believing is the, really the first step um, is getting that belief, because a lot of times someone won't even um, when it comes to disclosing something like this, they may not even um, disclose because they don't think they're going to be believed um, when it comes to abuse or assault. Um, that was the video that I, was, I did today about um, it's called start with start by believing. Um, and that's really the first step is start by believing them and then supporting them and saying, <clears throat> what can I do for you? That's the second piece of this, too, is not saying, all right, we got to go to the police. All right, we have to go to the principal or whatever it might be. Um, it, it's important to say, hey, what do you need from me right now? Because it, it, you know, it may be let's go to the police or let's do this. But it may be, hey, you know what? Can you just sit with me today? Can you just watch this stupid YouTube video with me because I just need to be with someone. Um, that's really a great step. So I hope that's an answer to your question. That was a perfect answer. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I, I do want to talk about the sexual assault awareness. Month, Please. But, um, what I was going to ask just real quickly first is yeah. to what level, um, to what, like, what does the extent have to be in order to come have your services at the women's center? Like, you know, there's different levels of where the abuse goes. And, you know, it could be as simple as like, you know, a miscommunication kind of thing, or it could be, you know, physical abuse. Like how bad, I guess, does it have to be in order to reach out? It doesn't matter. <laughs> the answer is it really truly doesn't matter. Um, we get folks that are call, call us that say, I I'm going through something. I don't know what it is um, with my partner. And we'll talk it out. And it may... It may end up being nothing. Um, 
And on the other end of it, we get people that we need to go to an emergency room or we really need to, to work with them to get medical services because they're in a really unsafe situation. Um, so it really doesn't matter. We are open to helping anyone who uh, needs our help and wants to listen to us. <laughs> Not listen to us. We don't yeah. tell people what to do. Um, that is sort of the crux of our of our services is when it comes to abuse and assault, like I said, the power is taken away from the person. We come from a place of we're we're giving that power back to the person who has had it taken away from them and uh, all of the things that come along come along with that. So in addition to anybody coming to us at really any level, if they just need advice or questions, uh, the other, not only do we work with um, victims and survivors, we also work with something called secondary victims and secondary survivors. Um, and those are people in the orbit of domestic violence. It could be maybe parents of someone going through domestic violence or friends that need their own emotional support, seeing a best friend going through that. Um, so we work with those folks as well. Um, they may, you may not be going through it yourself, but you need advice or questions on how to handle helping someone or, or working with someone in your life. Um, so yeah, we work with a lot of people to, to many different extents. We so, kind of talked about this on like a lower level sure. of like um, education and when you go to like yeah. schools, how yeah. if an abuser or somebody who's not treating their partner correctly comes up to you and is talking about it, do you have any um, other resources for people who are the unhealthy person in the relationship that want to fix it? Yeah, so it's it's interesting. That was a, an interesting example of the both people coming up and saying um, that they are abusing each other. For the most part, the Women's Center does not work with perpetrators of abuse. Mm -hmm. um, there is another organization in Danbury that, uh, whose name escapes me right now um, that does uh, work with specifically perpetrators. And we will refer um, if someone calls us, um, we will connect them up with services with them. But we work primarily with victims and, and uh, survivors mm -hmm. of that. But there are services out there. I'm sorry, I couldn't really answer that question. No, that's okay. <laughs> we can always look it up afterwards and yeah. put that link even in our sure. um, you know, description or whatever if yeah. people are interested in that. Um, so if you don't mind, I did want yeah. to talk about the Sexual Assault Please. Awareness Month. I think that that's cool that you just did a video on that today. Yeah. So what does the Women's Center do to prepare for that? Like, do you guys have any events or... Um... Yeah, so we've had a whole bunch of... Uh, so April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, but at our work, every month is Awareness Month. Um, but <laughs> there, there really are big two months that we focus on. We have big events. Um, it past mentioned that she had been to our safe walk. Um, in October, we do a big walkathon for domestic violence um, and some other different events that we do in October, screenings and things like that. For Sexual Assault Awareness Month, because we're in it right now, I'll talk about a little bit about what we have going. We have a couple of, uh, last week we had a uh, an event called Cocktails and Consent that really was focused on the role of, it was an education, but it was also a fun event. It was an education event really talking about the role of alcohol in assault um, and, and consent and all of that. And that was a really um, great event that we kind of kicked off Sexual Assault Awareness Month with. 
this week, uh, we have a uh, sort of self-care event where we have a yoga class that's streaming online. I don't know when this is going up, but uh, next week we have, uh, we're screening, uh, virtually screening the documentary Athlete A uh, about the Larry Nassar case and the uh, United States Gymnastics. And we're going to do a discussion talk back after that. Uh, then the following week, we have another self-care. We have a little online streaming concert. Um, and then the final week is something that um, all of the agencies across the United States participate in called Denim Day. Um, so Denim Day is a day to wear denim, uh, <laughs> to raise awareness. Um, and I always get questions, well, why is it called Denim Day? Um, back in the late 90s, there was a, uh, a case, a Supreme Court case in, the, in Italy um, that got thrown out. A woman had been assaulted. Um, and it got thrown out of the court and dismissed uh, because the woman was wearing jeans. And you're probably like, well, what does that have to do with anything? Um, the, the statement of why it was thrown out and why um, the woman was wearing jeans was a quote unquote problem was the, the, um, the what are they called? Judges. That's what's on a Supreme Court. Um, the judge said that because that person had jeans on, jeans are difficult to take off. Um, so that person must have helped them take the jeans off, implying consent, um, which blows your mind when yeah. you hear that <laughs> out loud. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so we and we do Denim Day and, and we take pictures, tag us on our social medias and things like that. So I feel free to participate. Yeah, well, that's really cool. Even yeah. I don't know when this will go up, but we can still promote that and like yeah. get people on board with that. And yeah, hopefully we can. Um, it's the twenty eighth, April twenty eighth. So, that's yeah. really cool. I yeah. participated last year. So nice. was, I mean, not with the women's center, but just I think it was at school. It maybe it was two years ago, but it was I at school. I feel like school, they so did just, they did do something about that. Yeah. I, think I might have yeah. worn like, my jean jacket or something. Yeah, yeah like I did that the too. same. Yeah, like jeans and a jean jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can okay. forward the information. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we like yeah. putting all this stuff there so that people can you know go to it if they're interested. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you know, they can be aware for when October comes around and yeah. you know what you guys have set up by then. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, a question I was going to ask is. So it sounds like you guys do a lot to try to like raise aware awareness this month and you guys have a lot of programs going on. What can we do to help spread awareness? Because obviously it's a topic that we're passionate about. And it seems like right now there's been a lot of talk about it on social media on like this 97% of women who experience either sexual assault, harassment. Um, and I feel like that has been circulating yeah. a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. We've been seeing a lot of it. So like what can mm -hmm. we be doing to help? that cause um just a side note the 97 percent is 18 and 24 in the uk so right. and that includes sexual um sexual sexual harassment so yeah just yeah. to keep yeah. the statistic yeah um, i i for another oh, i was gonna say fun it's not a fun statistic mm -hmm. um another statistic one in uh one in three teens 18 to 24 yes. um experience some sort of abuse in uh, a relationship and that mm -hmm. it, encompasses all different types. Like we said, it's not just physical, it can be emotional, verbal, uh, digital, sexual, lots of different things that fall under that category, but yeah, mm -hmm. similar. Um, so you asked what we can do, what people can do. Um, social media is, is huge. Um, sh sharing, resharing things, um, like even just liking our social media, um, not just us, if there are, um, 
organizations in your area, if you're listening to this all over, there's organizations liking those organizations um, gets even just hitting like people will see, hey, so-and-so likes this and it spreads that awareness out there. That's always helpful. Um, when it comes to getting involved in other things, like I said, we have all those events, um, getting involved in those events, like coming to the safe walk and that sort of thing. That's, uh, those are, that's another way you can get involved. Um, again, that's uh, these answers. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So social media is the big piece because it it reaches such a far um, scope um, and can get the word out faster of things, which is why I'm making videos and and doing that sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 And, you know, with um, the Women's Center specifically, too, if you have at a school or an organization, if you wanted to do a drive, um, we, because of our residential facility, we're always in need of toiletries. Um, so we're always uh, looking for toiletry donations. If uh, someone wants to hold a, a drive in their school or organization, we're happy yeah. to uh, set I think those. the youth agency, we're doing that soon. Or is it already starting? Uh, good. Yes. Yeah, Stacy can come in and share that. Welcome, Stacy. <laughs> Hi, Stacy. Hi, Stacy. We've been talking about Hi. doing a feminine hygiene drive. Okay. Yeah. And now we have, if we do it, we have a place we can pass it. It could be other, Please. you know, shampoo, yeah, yeah. toiletries, things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, we're on it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, a video, too, that we have for that, that we're should be going out soon, I think. Yeah, Paz mm-hmm. has been working on it. We were going to look at that today. We just... Didn't get yeah. to it yet, but um, yeah, we're Great. open to promote it and awesome. do a little clip. We were also just wanting to uh, reduce the stigma on the subject too, yeah. and just get people talking. Totally. And um, well, that's you know that is the other big thing of what you can do is just having these conversations um, because I think there is that stigma around. Oh, we can't talk about this. We can't this, uh, and the less that we talk about these things, the more it will happen. Um, I, what we like to say uh, in the education department, our kind of like tagline is uh, an educated community is a safer community. Um, because if the more education about these issues, people understand them um, and they they are able to, they just, they stop. <laughs> they People are recognize those red flags that we're talking about. Um, without that education on red flags, they may not recognize that. So it's a it's it's sort of a cycle, and it's important um, that we're all doing our part. This podcast is doing yeah. a part, so thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I this is like going back to the beginning, but um, no, please. I kind of want to go talking about how you work with men at the women's oh, center. Oh, absolutely, well. yeah, sure. And when we, you know, first thing that we were doing this podcast, and you were getting someone from the women's center. I think I, I can't speak for Sierra, but you're like, oh, a woman's coming. Yeah, yes. that that was my assumption. So when <laughs> Stacy said, you know, definitely. we're getting Matt Austin, I was like, oh, that's a weird name for a lady. Yeah, yeah. I, I just yeah. Like, wasn't what I was expecting. And like, I know that men obviously work with you know helping victims of yeah. abuse, specifically women. Um, but I'll I'll admit, at first it was a little weird. Yeah. Like, no, I get huh, it. Okay, yeah. You know, there isn't there isn't a lot of men in this work. Um, I, I I think there again there is that stigma of it. This is this stuff only happens to women. Um, this can happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, a- anyone can be in an abusive situation. Anyone can be assaulted. 
Um, but I think there is that stigma. So there isn't a lot of men in the work. I am one of two people at the Women's Center. Um, oh, wow. The other person is in finance. So not working directly with, <laughs> yeah. uh, not working directly with victims and survivors. Um, yeah, it's interesting because there is that I, sometimes I go into schools <clears throat> and they're like, oh, we got the women's center here. Oh, when's that person coming? And I'm like, eh, I'm right here. <laughs> here I am. Yeah. Um, because there is that, um, oh yeah, it's going to be a women, but it's important to get everyone involved, no matter the, the gender of the person, um, that we all help in this fight, um, against abuse and assault. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be fully honest here. Uh, you can cut this out if you want. Um, but sometimes uh, people listen more to white men, yeah. and I don't mean to say that. Right. It's the uh, truth. It's yeah. the truth, it's and I hate that that's the truth. Yeah. But sometimes, it, it, you know, it has even happened in our department of of somebody going into a class. <clears throat> well, most of the department is is women. And the the kids sort of being disrespectful, but then I step in and they like will stop being disrespectful and, and actually listen, which is a sad state of affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important to <laughs> use for me use our privilege for good. Um, mm-hmm. Use that to to help the situation any way I can. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's, that's you can cut that, you, that out you know, if you want. No, I, I, it's really important to talk about that, yeah. especially yeah. with women's issues. It's yeah. coming from a man because of the society we live in. It's really important that men step in and, and they. So sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's terrible, yeah. Yeah. but it's the reality. And you're so right to use your privilege to yeah. better the community the and better. Yeah, like the yeah. world. I don't mean to sound like I'm a saint for doing this work. No, That's not I what I mean. Yeah. But it's it's important to acknowledge in those situations. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that I think you hear some men say like, "Oh, like I know, like you know, I'm aware of it or something." But it's like, well, what? But what are you doing are you to doing? help change that? Yeah. Like, I feel like a term mm-hmm. going around is that not all men thing yeah. that yes. people are using as a defense, and it's like true maybe yes, not all but, but it's too many and how yeah. what are you going to do to yeah. help change it because not yeah. nothing's going to change unless actions mm-hmm. are actually taken 100 yeah exactly. you know it's this was a i i've only been doing this for about eight years uh, beforehand i worked in a at a corporation in new york city and i might yeah. i felt my soul was being sucked out um <laughs> and that was how i came to this job i was like i i need i want to do something that like helps people i had also been a volunteer with the women's center previously um in their theater program that they have there um mm-hmm. and uh so yeah i i uh where was my sentence going? Oh, yeah. So I wanted to to to, to use my voice and uh, in the ways that I can, and uh, hopefully I've helped some people. Mm-hmm. Do you try to encourage more men to like come into this field and yeah. try to help out? Yeah. So we have a um, we have a men's group at the women's center that is is a lot of prominent men in the area that are trying to do just that of helping spread the word of like, Hey, we're doing our part. Now you got to do your part, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, we meet and we do, we work with a lot of um, uh, victims and survivors that are men. Um, it really crosses the spectrum uh, in terms of gender. Obviously there's a lot more women, unfortunately. Um, but yeah. How has the pandemic really impacted 
the issues that are going on with domestic violence or abuse or whatever else you guys deal with? Yeah, so it has increased, um, unfortunately, the the clientele that we're seeing. Uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, there were reports out there that, oh, domestic abuse numbers and assault numbers are spiking, spiking, spiking. Um, that actually was not the case. Um, what was happening was people were being isolated in their homes. Um, and a lot of situations like that with the person that is abusing them. Um, so they did not have a safe environment to reach out for help. So we saw a real dip in help, or uh, dip in folks coming to us for help because they just didn't have access and they didn't feel safe um, to, to reach out. Um, about August, September, when things started to like sort, not that things are going back to normal, but when they started to sort of uh, get a little better, um, we did see an in increase very much so in calls and folks coming to us um, for help. And it, I think people were getting out of their house more and people were, were able to access services. And so, and since August, September, we have really, the numbers have, have increased dramatically, unfortunately. Um, and and our, the need for our services and it, we've, it's just been, <laughs> with the education department, we are doing more education programs than I have ever done in my eight years there. Um, our numbers are just, we're getting phone calls every day with like, hey, can you come do this? Because I think it's also becoming more, um, it, the issue is coming out more. So people are like, all right, we need to educate more on the issue. And uh, yeah, mm -hmm. so it's, it's the, the, our services have increased and we've found that there are a lot more people that are um, reaching out, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, <laughs> so the people reaching out, unfortunately, it is also important to note that, that those people are feeling more safe to reach out to. Um, so a lot of times we, when we see statistics like what we were talking about, those are based on people that report this. We know the numbers are so much higher of it actually happening because people, like we talked about at the beginning, don't report for a variety of reasons or don't reach out for a variety of reasons. Um, so it, we are seeing that people feel more safe to reach out, which is a good thing. Um, there is a, this is a complete non sequitur. You can cut this out. Um, there's a lot of me in this podcast saying you can cut this out. Um, there's a thing called the Cleary Act, um, which is a federal law that requires universities to report the amount of abuse cases or assault cases on um, college campuses. And anyone can access that database. So like if you're going off to Yukon or wherever, I don't mean to pick on Yukon. That's just the first one that came to my mind. Um, but you can do your research. You can go into the Cleary database and see it, it lists all crimes it has to the um, that happen on campus. And you can look at the numbers for the previous year. Sometimes when we pull, pull up um, the numbers, I've had students that pull them up with their parents and they're like, oh, there were 30 assaults at Yale last year. Um, I don't know if I, I want you going to Yale. There were, look over here, Westcon had zero. Uh, again, not picking on either of those. But those numbers, it, it, when you look at those numbers, 
looking at those numbers, I would feel better about sending my child to Yale because zero means that there probably is an environment that is not supportive of people coming forward. Uh, whereas 36 at Yale, those people feel safe on that campus because we know it's, unfortunately, we know this sort of stuff is happening. Um, so it, it, when we look at numbers like that, it's take them with a grain of salt and understanding that, hey, those numbers may, they mean different things than we initially may look at it and go, oh, no, I, this is this many. Um, that may mean that it's a safer campus um, and people feel more safe coming forward. Kind of reading mm -hmm. between the lines there. Yeah, yeah like the context. Of yeah, thing. yeah, totally. I feel like people look at numbers and then don't often think about, like, the, the situation necessarily. 100%. That's why I meant to yeah. thank you before for, like, clearing up, like, that 97% is specifically this age group in the UK. You know, yeah. if, that, yeah. if that could change from place to place. But it's important to just be aware of what those numbers actually mean. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you know, the give or take that goes with it. You know, it says zero, but... You, know, you never know. That may yeah. mean that people don't feel safe. I, I don't mean to pick on Westcon. Westcon's wonderful and we have a we have a, a great office on Westcon campus and their um their numbers are great and we're able to have not great. It's never great when this stuff happens. Um, but we are um able to work with the folks on the Westcon campus and help them. I was going to ask because, I mean, specifically, you know, as the youth agency working a lot with like youth, have yeah. you seen even the youth numbers increase of, you know, teenagers and young adults um, stepping forward? Yeah, yeah, very much so. I think the pandemic has given everyone, including myself, a lot of time to think about things that I'm sure you think about things that we wouldn't normally be at the forefront of our mind. Um, and it, it, there have been, we work with a lot of people um, being in isolation that have, have triggered things, emotions in them, um, memories coming back. We worked with a lot of students who um, th things were coming back that they had either, um, but obviously with trauma, we uh, it sometimes represses things with trauma. Um, and so, we're, yeah, we're seeing an uptick in younger folks um, coming coming to us or parents bringing the younger folks to us for help because um, they have either remembered something that has happened or um, feel more comfortable sometimes even to feel more comfortable talking about the, the topic. Yeah. Yeah. What are the steps to getting your services? Is that, you know, is there only one way of getting, like you have to make a phone call? Can you reach out by email, come in person? How does that process work? All of those things. Um, <laughs> all of those things. Uh, yes. Oh, you caught me on a good week because <laughs> we, for, for most of this pandemic, our physical office has been closed. Um, but we have still been um, doing virtual appointments. We have just recently started to go back to in-person. Actually, this whole time we have done in-person distance for children because we found that it's virtual is near impossible to work with children. Um, and if that child and parents feel felt safe enough, we, we distanced and sanitized and everything like that. But this, uh, we're recording the first week of April. Um, we just started to reopen to where you can walk in and get our services. That was always the case. We're um, located right on West Street in Danbury next to the library. Um, it, it is 
encouraged to call, make an appointment, email, make an appointment, um, contact us through social media. All of us are on it. We will get your email. We will get your social media message. And we will. That's another important piece of the Women's Center is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There is someone to help you. Um, we have two 24 hour hotlines, um, you know, off my brain. I don't I can look them up and we can talk about them at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, but 24 hours a day, there is someone that will pick up a phone and help you if you need help. Um, very simply. And again, it doesn't have to be a super emergency situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this will refresh your memory, but I was looking at the website. I think it's sexual assault and domestic violence. Yeah. But... So there's two separate. Yeah. There's two separate hotlines. It really, truly doesn't matter which one you call. Mm-hmm. Um, they will both come to us. Here are the hotlines. 203-731-5206. And 203-731-5204. Those are our two hotlines. Like I said, it doesn't matter which one you call. Um, we just have them designated as domestic violence and sexual assault. But your call will get to us. Um, yeah, and my <clears throat> my email is uh, Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W dot A at W-C-O-G-D dot org. Um, if anyone has questions or wants education programs, uh, if you need to make an appointment, you can still reach out to me. I will connect you up to the person to make an appointment. Um, but that's probably the easiest email to give. Um, I feel I, I, I feel like giving information, it feels like we're wrapping up. But do you have actual other questions that you'd love to? I mean, we, we touched we on it. I think we hit most of the things. Um, oh, we do. We serve New Milford. I should have said this at the top. Um, yes, we, we serve. Uh, we're, that's the other. We're going to have a better name come July. Um, but the greater Danbury people, there is that misconception that we only help people in Danbury. Um, like I said, we work with 13 towns. New Milford is one of those towns. Um, if you need help, you can come to us. Uh, anyone here in New Milford uh, can come to us, can reach out to us. We are very happy to help. Um, and even if you're outside of those 13 towns, um, you can still reach out and we will help you or we'll connect you up to services. We're not going to hang up on you. <laughs> yeah. And you said all of your services are free too. There's no charge. Or yeah. Anything. So um, they are free and confidential. That's another piece. Uh, we are mandated reporters um, for the state. So uh, unless it's something that harms yourself or someone else, we, we keep that all confidential. Very simply, all of our services are free. Um, yeah. Even our education programs, we will talk to anyone who wants to hear us. That's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely for yeah. free. Yeah. Do you see with the increase of people reaching out for help, do you also see in young people that there is more awareness, that more people are yes. recognizing these yeah. signs? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, I always like to say, I hope I do my job so well that I don't have a job in a couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really have seen, and I don't mean to toot our horn, but having these education programs, I, I'm going to give kudos to the schools around here because bringing us in so early to as preschool, kindergarten, a lot of kids are seeing us almost every year um, for the most part. And this these sorts of messages are just kind of being drilled in, hey, this is this is OK. This is not OK. And we're seeing just like a whole new generation that understands that you know what these abusive behaviors are not okay um and there are people out there to help me if i need help um so yeah it's really it's really been 
my eight years, it's such a shift. It's been such a shift in the, um, uh, of seeing the, not education, but seeing how um, the the tides have changed of beliefs and attitudes. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Beliefs and attitudes uh, and the stigma being taken away from talking about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So now that we're talking about the future a little bit, what do you hope to achieve in the future, like in the next couple of years, or how do you hope to evolve into something new or maybe something that you hadn't thought of before? Man, that's a good question. <laughs> that is a very big question for the director of education. <laughs> um, you know, the, the silly answer is what I said before. I hope that we become an organization that doesn't exist, um, that we don't have to be here because we've eradicated all of this. Um, obviously, that's probably not going to be the case. I, I think the getting access to our services as simple as some of the things I talked about, sound of how you can access it, there are a lot of people that can't access uh, or have trouble accessing our services for whatever reason they may uh, it may be. So really making sure that people, the people that need our services have access to our services or even know about our services. That is a major step too. I can't tell you how many organizations or schools I go into to, to talk about this stuff. And they're like, I had no idea that we have that here. Um, and so that's an important piece of it too, knowing that we're here and not only us, there is an organization near you, no matter where you are, um, that does this work. Um, and 99.999% of them are free. Um, so just acknowledging that the services are here and getting that, that, that word out that we're here. Um, yeah, every day I encounter somebody who's like, I didn't even know you existed. So it's important to get it out there. So that's my hope is to get it out and and make people aware that we're here, the services exist, uh, and to eradicate. Just a small goal, eradicate all domestic violence. (laughs) Yeah. Big goal, but it's something that you know you work towards slowly. It's not gonna happen overnight, but you know, doing things like this, you know, sharing the information. Yeah. It's a it's a we like to say it's primary prevention is really planting that seed. Um and and the education piece of it is is huge. It's really letting people understand, um, understanding where it comes from and that sort of stuff. You know, the, the, with domestic violence and sexual assault, education and other things like that. Back in the back in the day, <laughs> it used to be very um, risk reduction. Uh, in that, well, this is on you, the person to don't get abused that used to sort of be the here here is here is your um mace here is your to cover your drink at a party it used to put the the onus on the the victim and that's not okay <laughs> um so we're we're really sh- trying to shift that attitude of like people need to take responsibility for their actions um and um assault and uh, things like that uh, should not happen. And hopefully mm-hmm. we've educated the public enough. We yeah. hope that. I agree. I think we've seen a huge shift between like 
I mean, I have pepper spray in my bag right now. Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. all of this, like, yeah. my mom is, like, I'm sure your mom as well. It's yeah. like, oh, you need to, don't walk alone at night or don't do this. And it's like, we need to kind of recenter the conversation. 100%. And, and, and the, the pepper spray and the things like that are great to keep folks safe. I'm not saying mm-hmm. they're not great. <laughs> yeah, but yes. but things like that and the, the, the mindset of, of what we, that's what I was taught when I was growing up, mm-hmm. uh, is like, well, it's on that person not to be hurt when that's not the case um we need to stop it um before it gets to that person so yeah, yeah you're right mm-hmm. yeah. i have my yeah. i have pepper spray in my in my yeah. school bag that yeah. i carry around and i have like one of the like pull the um like oh, pen out alarm. and it's like a, a an alarm yeah, yeah. Supposed to be super loud that scares me i'm always afraid i'm gonna like set it off by oh, accident yeah. but like i'll admit even i where i do theater is right downtown close to my house so i walk normally Mm-hmm. I get uncomfortable sometimes. Like yeah. if I'm walking alone and I have to pass like a like grown man on the street, I sometimes I cross or you know yeah. try to keep my distance. But I'm like, you know, that's a problem where you know every time I pass someone, like that's my assumption is like mm-hmm. I have to do something to keep myself. And that's not yeah. cool. You shouldn't feel unsafe in in yeah. something, especially like you love theater. Me too. I love theater. Mm-hmm. We we shouldn't feel safe in what in the the thing we love or the environments that we love to be in. We shouldn't feel mm-hmm. unsafe. Um, so that's another goal is to make sure we create these safe environments uh, all around. So yeah. no one ever feels like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's interesting, like how that kind of has an effect. Like if I have pepper spray, pepper spray with me, or if you have pepper spray with you. Um, and somebody tries to, I don't know, do something, whatever. Um, we have that protection, but maybe another woman walking around, walking maybe behind us doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of puts those women at a disadvantage when it really shouldn't be like that. And it's yeah. it's just terrible to think, like, I have the protection, but what if I didn't? Yeah. And it's yeah. And it shouldn't have to be a, a conversation of like, oh, you don't you don't care mm-hmm. about pepper spray or you don't have both pepper spray and an alarm. Yeah. Like yeah. it shouldn't be that yeah. level of Well that's the victim blaming. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the this is on you. It's and and we know it's not that person's fault. No one chooses for this. Mm-hmm. No one's sitting down writing in a dream journal and wants something <laughs> yeah. like this to happen. Yeah. Um, and we hear that like a lot of you know you were asking for it like what you were wearing mm -hmm. which is we have two more hours to talk about this on the podcast (laughs) yeah no that that's yeah what we're that's a lot of times i will say wonderful things about the police around here um we have a great relationship around with them um and they've been great but a lot of times in these cases around the country the first question that's asked of someone is what were you wearing why were you with those people what were you drinking putting that the onus on them of like this is your fault um it, the cocktails and consent thing we were talking about i was talking about earlier we really talked about how it it the conversation is uh on blaming alcohol and uh, and blaming that person for drinking alcohol um, and saying well you drank alcohol what did you expect would happen that sort of thing um if you're not 21 don't drink alcohol um but there there is that again it's all the stigma we're talking about of like well what did you expect to happen if you drank alcohol well what that person expected is to just like have a good time and enjoy themselves they didn't expect to be assaulted they didn't again that it it shouldn't be on that person it's never that person's fault so Mm -hmm. yeah 
That was heavy. What do we follow that one? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess one thing I was going to say is, you know, I feel like oftentimes, you know, when we talk about this, we do picture older people, like, you yeah. know, either over 20, you know, into the 40s or something. But it is something that occurs in, in high school. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there have been yeah. cases in our school, you know, oh, yeah. not that it's publicized that we know about. No? Right. So I guess as yeah. youth, what can we be doing to, you know, help others feel safe, help our yeah. friends, help ourselves even, you know, too? I mean, I can admit, again, walking yeah. down the street, I get nervous. Like, what can we be doing to take action? Uh, you know, bystander intervention is what we really kind of focus on um, is is stepping in when we see a problematic situation. Um, and that's a big thing. Um, that's sometimes a scary thing of like, oh, well, I see something, ha- I don't want to get, we, the first thing that happens in our brain is, oh, that's not my problem, I don't want to get involved with that. Um, but it really is important to to step in as that bystander, if you see something happen. And yes, stepping in directly sometimes isn't the most safe. Um, if it's not safe, don't step in directly. There are other things that you can do to step in as a bystander. You can, uh, if it's happening, if something's happening at school, you can talk to a teacher or talk to faculty. Um, if you see something, uh, even just like comments or sexual harassment or whatever it may be, going up to that person afterwards and being like, hey, I, I saw what happened. Are you okay? Is what Do you want to talk? that's a simple thing that you can just very easily do because like I said, sometimes when we see something happen, we really, and sometimes it's not safe to get involved. I, you know, I, I do this work and sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to do (laughs) because it's hard. The brain initially is like, I don't want to get involved, but it really is important to sort of train ourselves to step in and help. Um, It's, Stepping in way down at these little things like comments, uh, misogynistic comments or sexual harassment or whatever it might be, stepping in and calling that behavior out Mm -hmm. and making sure that person knows, hey, that's not okay. Because if no one calls that out, that person may think, well, that's okay. And then if they think that's okay, they may think maybe touching someone when they don't want to be touched is okay. And if that's not called out, they may think, and it just gets bigger and bigger. It's a snowball effect. Um, so it really is so important to call it out down here. And you know what? You may not be the most popular person at school, but you're helping people. Um, and that's that's an important, important thing. Yeah, of course. I think it's really important to mention that like, you might be uncomfortable for the first maybe week or something, if worst case, or maybe just even five minutes, but you can save someone possibly if it's a worst case. You can save someone from a lifetime of trauma. Oh, yeah. And like just be that person to step up because you don't know who's listening either. Totally. could be maybe somebody younger than you is seeing what's happening and they're like, oh, well, this person that I'm friends with that's older than me that I look up to they're doing this so I guess that's okay for me to do yeah and I think it's just super important especially in a group setting maybe at a party or maybe your teammate Mm -hmm. it's important to make sure that you're the person that's going to do that and maybe your whole team will follow you yeah especially you know I I, I, we work with a lot of um, sports teams um, Mm -hmm. around the area and at Westcon and sports teams and, and other 
take us at schools, but sports teams specifically are kind of looked up to as like the leaders in the school. Mm -hmm. Um, And that it's so important for those people to set, like you said, that example of if they're acting like this, well, then it must be okay. Um, So it's really important for those quote unquote leaders of the school, the people that are looked up to, to really understand this stuff and and be on board. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said about, you know, you, you may be uncomfortable. It might be awkward. In in some cases, maybe people won't follow your lead. You know, you yeah. might be the only one. And it's still important, though, to say something. 100%. And, and it, it's really hard to do, especially if it's a group of friends. You know, friend groups nowadays, oh, yeah. they make these comments very offhandedly like a joke. And, you know, it makes you uncomfortable. But it's like, well, they're my friends. I don't want to say something. I don't want to be that person who's, like, ruining the fun or whatever by calling them out. But, like... When you don't, it's helping normalize yeah. those things that just shouldn't be. So it takes a lot of courage to oh, do, yeah. but it just it is so important because as soon as you say something, those people realize, you know, what they're doing. And sometimes you're caught, basically. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like you're caught. I see what you're doing. Yeah. And sometimes funny. that will stop them in their tracks. If they know that somebody is calling them out or sees what they're doing, mm-hmm. they may stop. Yeah. 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 Because there was, and I've even heard, you know, if someone makes a joke and you ask them, you know, well, explain to me, you know, why that's a funny joke. And it makes them think because it's not funny, like, for whatever reason, you know, your friend group or society has decided that that's funny. That makes people laugh. But like, when you think about why it's not, it's not so funny anymore. Mm -hmm. And they realize that. And I think that whenever I've seen it happen or I've heard about it, people do realize. And I think they think twice about making that comment next time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it doesn't have to be the direct, Hey, don't do that. Or it it could just be like, if you see someone making uncomfortable comments, going to your friend, just going up to your friend and like, Hey, can you help me with this? And just like pulling them away from the situation or, Hey, I need to talk to you or whatever it may be. It's, it it could be as simple as that. It really doesn't need to be any big deal. Um, Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like we covered so much really good stuff. I know. I'm hoping that people do take advantage of this because I think in high school specifically, like you said, it's new relationships. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people, I mean, maybe have had relationships in middle school, but most of the time they aren't super serious and high school is that first um, like taste of it. And people often are afraid to reach out for help or they don't realize, you know, this isn't healthy. I don't want to say anything because this, this must just be how it goes. So hopefully more people will reach out, stand up for themselves and and help, even if it's not you in this situation, help others or totally. at least mm-hmm. keep the conversation moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah. I really want to reiterate the thing I said earlier of trust your gut. You're, you're smart people. <laughs> We're all smart people. And we know when something isn't okay. Um, and, and you, you feel it. So tr- really trust that, um, if something's not okay, because sometimes we want to dismiss it because we th- love this person or whatever it may be. Um, but really trusting your gut when it comes mm-hmm. to these issues. Yeah. Is there anything um, else you had? No, I don't know if I you, if being okay. Dylan, we covered a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But Dylan always asks if you have any questions for us oh. like, regarding anything. Uh, we oh, always try know. to ask that. Usually that's Dylan's yeah. job. But... Oh, um, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no pressure. I was that. not just prepared with I mean, questions. Just something that's that we okay, asked. Then. I feel like we did share our input a lot. Um, 
Just listening in. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, of course. Um, hello, welcome back, Stacey. Oh, hello, guys. <laughs> welcome. You guys are doing a great job. It's really, really interesting. And I love okay. that you tapped in about um, a little bit about college yeah. and um, that statistics might might actually be a sign that they're doing their job, that they have good ther- counseling yeah. services that you can go to. And it made me wonder if you could tap in because they're going to college soon. Yeah. And they're, mm-hmm. I hope we, our listeners are, a lot of them are too. Um, what other things could you look for when you're looking at colleges to, to know that this is great. Just, it's a good, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it, it's important to know, again, it's just the knowing that the services are there. So really taking a look at, oh, is there, there's a counseling, where's the counseling center? Is there a counseling center? There is always this counseling center, but just also knowing where it is. Um, Westcon is very lucky, again, not to toot our own horn, but they're le- very lucky that they have an organization like us on right on campus, um, as well as their counseling services. Their counseling services is, are great, um, but we are that additional help. And a lot of um, universities have that additional help. And knowing it's there, again, um, you may not realize there's so, especially in the co- on uh, the Westcon campus, there, um, there are folks that come to our, our campus office that are just like, I didn't know this was a resource. So really just checking that sort of stuff out when you're looking at colleges or um, if you're already going to a college, knowing where those resources are. Um, yeah, I think that's the... Yeah, I, I kind of remember looking at colleges with my daughter and I remember going, using a, a ladies' room and on the back of the door they had yeah. like a brochure, they had yeah. a thing like call this number for this help, go here. And I, I read all the details. I was like, wow, they have a lot of services yeah. um, here. And that and that you know, the fresh, brand new thing hung on the wall, which was probably there for Parent Weekend. But yeah, yeah. Um, looking at those kind of things, uh, the, the lighting, the, how friendly the security people were around yeah. campus, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, getting to know where security and the, the police and things like yeah. that are is mm-hmm. also a good... Uh, that was good to bring up. I feel like when you, when you talk about the college search process, you never really talk. It's always like, what are their programs? Yeah. What's their... What well, cool clubs can I join? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But it's important to know where yeah. the counseling and other services that you can access, not just counseling service. There's so many. On the Westcon campus, there's addiction services. There's like, there's yeah. so many different services. And mm-hmm. again, you may never need these, um, but you may have a friend that needs these stuff. Or you may encounter somebody just in a social setting of like, oh, you need help? Well, the Women's Center is on campus or there's addictions or, or whatever it may be. Um, just knowing to, to help other people um, is, is a good idea too. Yeah. This is great. I feel like there's other college things that I should cover. Hold on. Let me think. <laughs> <laughs> Take a second. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what I uh, wish Kara, Kara is our campus uh, person who's here with me. Um, well, when you're saying about finding the counseling services, I'm picturing you go on some campuses and look how fancy the weight room is, and the next door is that that's the counseling building, and it hasn't had paint in ten years, 100%. and the door. Yeah. So 100%. I think like we're in the basement. No offense right. to Westcott, we are in the basement. Of <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's a lovely office, but we're in the basement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah your, mon- your your money is going. Yeah. We're we're. What are your priorities? Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. That's perfect to bring up because it's like important to see, are they just putting it here to satisfy people or is it something yeah. for the students that they really Do think they is important or that they value? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really a, a good thing. Um, there has been a shift recently. Um, a lot of campuses are taking this much more seriously, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there is, there's been a lot of changes in Title IX, which is the protections um, against harassment and assault and gender and that sort of thing. Um, there have been some changes for the not so great um, for students, but there have also been some um, really great changes and there's more coming um, in terms of uh, students' rights. That's the other thing too, is knowing what your rights on campus are. Um, that's something we don't look at either of knowing yeah. what, what our rights are. It, it, what if this, if something like this happens, what, what rights do I have? Um, and that's why we exist is we can sit down and be like, all right, this is, this is the process. This is what the rights are. This is what your rights are. Um, and, and knowing that and, um, because this happens a lot of times, this is the first time this may have happened to someone. So they don't know. Um, they don't know where to turn. So just knowing. Knowing is half the battle, as they used to say in the uh, in the olden times. Yeah. <laughs> when I was growing up. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true, though, just knowing that it's there. And I like yeah. the emphasis, you know, earlier that you put on. Doesn't matter how intense the situation is, you know, even if it's just, you don't, you don't even know yeah. that something feels off, you can still, yeah. still go. Totally. Mm -hmm. I, we've had uh, folks on campus that just came and like, hey, I just, I need to sit here for an hour. Great. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's as simple as that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really awesome. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I learned so much from this <laughs> conversation. Like, that sounds really cheesy, but like. I you feel know, like I, I didn't cover half of what I want, like half of the things we talk about, yeah. but I think we did a pretty good job. I mean, we could have another podcast sometime soon, like to discuss yeah, so more. Could, like, with the healthy relationship stuff, like there's such a deep dive that yeah. we could go into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I was trying to hit the major, the major things. Yeah. yeah. yeah feel free if you ever have me back. I'm if there's anything the you, you wanted to add though specifically that you feel like is important, you know, I feel like the healthy relationship think. stuff is especially relevant to us high schoolers. Mm -hmm. yeah. We see it all. I can, you know, say even with my own friends, you know, oh, I've yeah. seen things and it's not, sometimes I don't even know what to say because it's like, you can't tell someone what to do, but it's like, how far do you step in? You know, what's too much? Um, like I said, it's so hard to watch our friends go through it. We, we want to help them, but saying, hey, break up with this person is not helpful because they, no one wants to be told what they should do, but offering that support and being there for them, whatever they need. What do you need? That's like I said, that's the question. What What do you need from me? How can I help you? Um, the questions to be asking. Mm -hmm. I guess I don't, I feel like going diving back into questions, but no, is it please. okay? Like, you know, if you're, if you're a concerned friend, could you still reach out, you know, for helping being, you know, you, you never want to break of someone's trust revealing no, yeah. you know, things about you know their relationship because you know it's not you directly involved but if you're struggling you know you're not really sure what to do 100 percent. yeah those are the <clears throat> when i was sorry uh i was talking about earlier the secondary victims yeah mm -hmm. if you need advice you are like i don't know what to do i want to help this person how do i help this person um we're very happy to to help with that um and help you figure that out mm -hmm. and i guess my follow-up question is can you still does that still remain like confidential? Mm -hmm. Can you still, you know, yeah. you know, you can call us and not say your name ever. <laughs> okay. Like Perfect. that's, yeah. that's how we're, we're a free confidential and anonymous. Um, yeah. I think yeah. that's just as important. I think sometimes the secondary victims, you know, can yeah. be suffering just as much totally. having that yeah. weight, especially as a younger person in high school, mm -hmm. you already have so many other things yeah. going on, taking on someone else's, 
weight is is a lot. Yeah, yeah. of course. And sometimes you're the only one that really knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. But you're the person that they confide in, and you feel like you have the sole like responsibility of doing something. Yeah. And if you don't, then if something happens, you kind of blame yourself. It's on you, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's really important, and I'm glad you guys do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And our listeners should know that the youth agency's here too. Yeah. And I'm I wouldn't be the expert on that, but if somebody wanted to come and talk to me, I would mm-hmm. know how to help hook them up yeah. with mm-hmm. the women's center or whatever services are needed. Yeah. So there's and there's great people at the high school and other places too. Yes. That would, yeah, New Milford yeah. High School has some wonderful counselors and some mm-hmm. great people over there helping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel better knowing this information and knowing like I could confidently tell someone you can go to the women's center for help. And I, cause I feel like the immediate response would be, Oh, well, well it's, it's not that bad. You know, it's not like 100%. they're hitting you or something, yeah. but it's like, it doesn't matter if you you know, don't feel comfortable. If you're not sure what to do, you can still go to them and they'll yeah. be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if you're a man. Yeah. <laughs> I think Anyone of any gender. Yeah. We've been talking about that in some of our discussions, like men's health too, how that's also, you know, something that needs to be talked about more mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And also with, not to dive into another thing, um, but when we talk about like the, the emotional abuse and uh, uh, the emotional side of it, not even just abuse, emotional side of it with maybe even a secondary victim, that can impact your physical health too. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's so important to take care of your, your mental health um, as well as you yeah. take care of your physical health. Mm-hmm. Uh, that emphasis of that. I feel like a lot of the times we think immediately physical or sexual abuse like that yeah. is, but yeah. you don't you know, think that emotional, verbal, mental, like that all counts too. And that's just 100%. as damaging to a person. And a lot of times it, it's, we were talking about that snowball. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it never starts out with someone hitting someone. It, it's always these little things leading up to bigger things. Lead, and they were never told don't do this. It's the stuff becomes normalized. The thing we hear a lot is, well, this is how we are. This is how it is, mm-hmm. um, it's sort of that brushing it off. Um, but it's important to acknowledge that these things are also not okay. Um, the little, not little things, I don't mean to say little things, but the, that lead to those, the, what we think of when we hear that word abuse. Um, mm-hmm. And no relationship, I always say no relationship starts off abusive. Um, if you sat down to a first date with someone and they screamed at you or they, they hit you or whatever it may be, you'd be out of there so fast. Yeah. Um, but what ends up happening is that normalization over time uh, that we were talking about is, is it just becomes normalized and for that relationship and they don't, the person doesn't necessarily even realize it's abuse. Like I said, this is how we are. Yeah. This is how that person is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, I think, you know, just talk about being aware of it and knowing when it's time to you know, stand up for yourself totally. and what you can do. Um, and again, we talked about this earlier, but knowing that it doesn't have to be a breakup, like that does not have to be yeah. the first resort. You shouldn't stay in an unhealthy relationship, no. you know, mm-hmm. to a certain point. But, you know, if it's the re- relationship is still new or the behavior is new, having that conversation could yeah. could help put things back on track. Yeah, that for the first step is that communication, um, communicating your needs, communicating, talking about what's going on. Um, and then maybe there's a red flag of that person doesn't want to listen. Maybe that person doesn't want to talk about it. And then that is a red flag that may lead to other things yeah. um, mm-hmm. in the future. Um, but if that person sits down and it's like, all right, let's figure this out and let's talk about it. That could be a really good thing. 
Yeah, I think it's definitely like um, important to know which which way to go is the right way to go because mm-hmm. sometimes you kind of get stuck in those cycles. Oh, we can fix it. We can yeah. fix it, or I can fix it, and. Yeah then you, you don't necessarily think, oh, I should break up with them because you think it's okay. Like, will it'll go away over time or something. So yeah. it's important yeah. to know which way to go and to trust yourself exactly like totally. you said. Trust yeah. your gut because you know what's right. Yeah. yeah. It is, like I said, the, the roller coaster situation. Mm-hmm. Most abusive situations are that, is it'll be bad for a while and then it will be great for a while. And then it will go back to being bad for a while. And it, it's just the back and forth. Um, that person may apologize, like we're saying, or it's like, yeah. oh, it's okay. Or um, So it's, again, trusting the gut. That's what it all yeah. comes down yeah. to. If you yeah. don't feel okay, um, it, it's important to address that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And knowing that there's there's help out there, that you're 100%. not alone. Not alone. And I, yeah. and I like what you said, even if, you know, you can't necessarily share, like, your opinion in the sense of like you should break up or no you should stay with them they'll be fine but even just that acknowledgement and then that person knows they're not crazy it's not just in their 100%. head like it's yeah. valid however they're feeling even if even if you don't understand necessarily i know i've been in situations where i'm like it's not me so i can't i can't say oh i understand i know how you feel but i can yeah. say i'm here i support you you know what do you need in yeah. that situation mm-hmm. yeah that's the best thing you can do yeah this was a great talk. I think, yeah, I think we covered everything. This was a really great discussion, though, and I learned yeah, a lot. I so feel like I. I can be helping myself and other people a lot better. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for having good. me on the podcast. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. Are we going to l- release here. the six hour director's cut? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you so much, though. This of course. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you to today's guest for sharing your time and knowledge with us. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to this month's podcast. To find the resources mentioned in our discussion, check out the description box. This podcast series is produced by YA Media, where our goal is to serve our community through education, communication, and awareness. Stay tuned for more upcoming projects.